It's Tammy Lawrence's Symbolisti here. Welcome to the I'm Still Here Messages from the Other Side podcast. This is a group that no one wants to join, but unfortunately, we will all be in this club at some point in our lives. We discuss the grief journey and receiving messages from the other side when our loved ones let us know that they are still close. Together, we will learn to navigate to the other side of grief while still being here. Hello, everyone. Today we're speaking with Janine O'Connor. Janine holds degrees in law and nursing. She started her career as an ICU nurse in Nashville, Tennessee. She feels nursing taught her compassion and empathy. She has a unique skill set, often creating a third way of thinking that no one has yet considered. Janine created a program called The Third Way, which aids individuals and companies on strategies to use when they feel that they're at crossroads. Hello, Janine. Hi there. Hello. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you for asking. Oh, thank you for being on the show. I'm honored. It's a privilege to speak and to tell my story. So you're in Nashville, Tennessee. So what's the weather like in Nashville today? It's a beautiful fall day. It's cool in the morning and it starts to warm up and it's sunshiny and it's beautiful. Yeah, at the time of recording this, or in September, this won't be airing until November, though. But I'm just not let, ready to let go of summer yet. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit longer, but yeah, I know we can't. So loss and grief, you've had some experiences with this. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, would you like to share some of your story? Absolutely. I will share that. I've lost family members in my life. However, the biggest source of grief has been divorce. Mm -hmm. And my experience was that it wasn't a one and done. When you lose a family member, I'm not saying that it's one and done, but there's certainly a finality to it. And my experience through divorce and through navigating co-parenting and missing my kids and not seeing them on as regular basis as I have wanted has been a big lesson for me in life on grief. It's one thing that we don't normally talk about. The, I mean, we talk about grieving with the loss of a family member, as you said, but in a situation with divorce, there's definitely an element of grief around that. Yes. Yes. Well, it's your kids and anytime anything with a child is heartbreaking or a sore spot because you, I, for me as a mother, I, I just long for them in a way. And so it's been eye-opening for me to walk through that pain. Do you live in the same town as your ex or? I, we live about 30 minutes away. So it's, it's outside of Nashville and he has kept my kids quite busy and involved and part to their desire of being student athletes. They play every sport known to man and their schedules are really filled with the activities that they want to do. And so that has limited my time even more. And I have coached myself or perhaps reimagined my role as a mother and how to show up and what that looks for. And even though it's not the traditional sense that I had hoped for as a, a stay-at-home mom, when I show up to a, a ball game, I bring the light and they know that I'm there and I'm just present and let that be enough. So how often do you get to have your children with you? Every other weekend, as it stands, and a couple nights during the week, 
And that's even shifted because of their ages. They're 12 and 13 and very social in their community. And so they'll want to go, if it's my weekend, they'll want to go to the Friday night football game. So we can all still go to that. And they want to be with their friends more and more. And it took me a little bit of time, but I had to accept that that's their soul calling in a way. And I think there is a dance between letting them do everything they want to do. But I've learned that saying no doesn't get me very far with them (laughs) on things like that. I'm sure most parents of teenagers can say the same thing. And just allowing them to make their own decisions is a path that's worked for me. So there's a quote that I would like to read that really helped me understand that concept, that they have their own souls and inner guidance system and trusting that they're being led and guided to the right events and even the right activities that they do individually. So it says, your children are not your own. They are sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. And that's by Khalil Gilbrand. And it's beautiful to me because it gave me a greater understanding that they were born through me, but I don't have control over them. And that's helped. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say this quote, because it's one that my mom used to share as well and had that same philosophy. So that's that's heartwarming to me to uh, remember this as well. Yes. Yes. So you've also had the loss of a parent, I believe. Yes, I have. I have an interesting story about my father. We had been estranged for most of my adult life. He was in and out of jail, got messed up into drugs, and chose a path that I wanted to stay far away from. And so... Through his time in jail, we didn't communicate very much. And when he got out, we did see each other. And just in a way of me keeping up my boundaries for protect self-protection, we really rarely interacted. And it had probably been five years before his passing that we had spoken. And on the day that he passed away, I got a a download or a knowing, just call him just call your dad. It's almost like I saw a vision of his name pop up on my phone. And I thought, well, that's weird. You know, okay, maybe I do need to reach out to him. And we were, I was at a spiritual growth workshop, actually, when this happened. And we were tasked that day with reaching out or making amends with somebody. And it could be a text, an email, or a phone call, however you wanted, or a letter, you could write a letter. And so as that task was given to me, and then I thought of my dad, we braked for lunch and I went to my room to work on some tasks we were given, some homework. And I wish I would have called him right then because I got the phone. What I did was I talked myself out of it. So I said, I'll write him a letter. I won't call him. You know, that's a little too scary. I will get my thoughts together, send a letter by the end of the week. And, um, and really what I was thinking at the time was sending him love, like, dad, I appreciate everything you've given to me because I view it as a gift. Your path taught me to stay away from anything that would get me into trouble. And so I view that as a gift, like there's no loss. I don't view 
negatively. I, I feel like you taught me things to, that kept me on the straight and narrow. So I'm, I'm in my mind having this dialogue with him of what I would say. And um, then I get a phone call the next day from my aunt, his sister, that he had taken his own life. And so, of course, I went through a whole process. Could I have prevented that had I called? What is my part in this? And I quickly had peace of, thank you again for leaving me with a final lesson in life. And that is to follow my intuition. In that moment, I knew I should have called him. And that's a huge lesson. I obviously didn't want to learn it that way. But it's something that I chose to take away from the event. Mm -hmm. What a tragic way of passing. And to hear that from your aunt must have been insurmountable at the time. Now, I was covered with grace and a peace that is suffering on this earth because he had suffered for many, many years with not only ailments, but I think um, masculinity, uh, feeling less than was not providing for me as a child and and not showing up the way he probably could have in a different way. And so I felt relief in the sense that he was no longer suffering. Mm -hmm. And this is a thing like the mental health component of life isn't addressed enough in our society. Yes, I agree with that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you would have seen some of these things happening when you were working in the ICU as well, watching people come through that were in horrific situations um, outside of their own control. Yes, there's a girl that comes to mind that I still remember to this day, and it's probably been almost 20 years. And she, it wasn't her first time to attempt suicide, but you get to the ICU after you do that and having to give her charcoal to try to get all the ingredients she overdosed on out of her gut. And just having a conversation with her of why, what's behind this? Not why, why would you do it? Obviously there's suffering. There's some type of, so there's something going on, especially when you do it multiple times and having compassion after you try to understand. And, and it's difficult at times to put yourself in someone else's shoes, but my goodness, where they must be, especially as she was young at that time, she was probably 20 years old. And what had life thrown her or the lack of resources or capacity mentally to cope? It, to me, it's a, how do you cope with situations in life? Mm -hmm. Did she have answers of, to you of what, like why she was continuing? Obviously depression, but. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. I just thought in the moment, wow, how lucky I am to have the faith that I do. Because I recognize that's pulled me through dark hours or moments. And perhaps she needed some source of that, some source of inspiration or faith or encourager, just somebody to encourage her and say, hey, like you are here for a reason and a purpose. And let's discover what that is. And I'm here for you. Maybe she had no family members that were solidly there for her at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with mental health, even if people do have the support around them, if they're not open to receive it, if they don't feel worthy or whatever the cases might be, still for them, it's not helpful. I like this whole thing that's going around that people are free to say it's okay to not be okay now. Um, for years, nobody said that it's okay to not be okay. And it's important that people realize that. 
I agree with that sentiment so much and have learned with people around me. I'll get I'll get excited or passionate about a project or a new guru or a new coach or wellness, whatever it is. And I've noticed that pushing that on someone else when they're not ready or it may not be for them is a moot point. It's it's like, and I've stopped myself, why am I doing this? And when you said that about you could have the best family and resources in the world. And if you are not willing to accept the help or there's not a spark in you to change something and you take action on that, nobody else can do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. So going back to your dad, how did you end up coming to terms with his passing? As I mentioned, I was at this this conference and it was a huge blessing for me in the moment because the next day when I walked in and told the leader of the workshop, you gave us this assignment and my dad passed away and I didn't get the opportunity. And he's a wonderful man. His name is Donnie Epstein. And he does energetic work, kind of like Reiki, but on a whole different level. And he put me on the chiropractic table that day and worked on me and said and spoke some prophetic words as this was his choice. This was not don't hold guilt and um, really gave me a blessing of I I saw my um, as I was on the chiropractic table and he's working on my spine. He said, this is the closest that you'll get to your dad in this dimension. It had been about 24 hours since he passed. And he put me in another world. Like, it's indescribable what he did and how I felt. But I saw my dad with angel wings in this fifth dimensional world and had a sense of peace that all was right. And so that was a God-given experience for me that's unlike anything else and say to have that to remember my dad is a beautiful vision Mm -hmm. so did you go through a whole lot of work of forgiveness and spending time thinking like how did the month the months that followed there was definitely moments of guilt of could i have done something should i have done something you know would it have changed the outcome if he were alive still would he still be suffering you know And so the next Father's Day that came around, I honored him and I told my story on a Facebook Live and just said, if there's somebody that you feel led to reach out to today, do it right now. Don't wait because you never know what life will bring you and how long they'll be around. And and usually it is that synchronicity of if somebody's on your mind, I believe they're either thinking of you or there's some kind of connection there. And don't dismiss that knowing. And so on Father's Day, I gave, I you know told my story on Facebook, and then I was running errands, and I walked into a store, and I heard a song that my dad would used to sing as a kid, and it was just this fun, silly song, and I heard his voice, and I'm like, I know that that's a sign, like he's trying to interfere and be like, it's okay, you know, like. Take it lighthearted. It's Father's Day, but I'm okay. You're okay. Everything's good. So I still feel presence. I feel, you know, a lot of ancestors that have passed. I feel their presence with me today. And I think some people don't realize they're still with you. They're still Mm -hmm. with you. At least that's what I choose to believe. My grandmother 
was uh, my maternal grandmother is the closest person to me. If I had to identify with one person in my family, then I'm most like it would be her. And she passed probably 10 years ago. And I see signs of her all over. She loved gold. She loved roses. And the things I'm drawn to in my house, we bought a new home because I recently got married. And all the items I'm filling it with are things my grandmother would have loved. And so every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, Granny, I know you're with me. You know, I feel your presence. So that's what I choose to believe. I fully agree. And there's so many people on this same page as well that we are energy and we come through energy. We exist afterwards as energy. And yeah, do we come back and do it all over again? There's no proof of that, but maybe we do. I don't know. Again, it's a belief system, right? Whatever you choose to believe. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, by the way, about getting remarried. That is fantastic news. Does your husband support you in dealing with your children being not with you all the time? Yes, ironically, he has been through a similar situation on his end. So uh-huh. his children are grown now. They're they're 20 and 24, so they're adults. And he has an appreciation or understanding of what I'm going through while mine are teenagers. And chooses to show up and just be a friend and just be a support for all of us. And doesn't get caught up in the the weeds of it or the drama. We just, we show up, we're playful with the quality time that we do have together. We make it very fun. And that's always been my thing. Is even with my dad, you know, when I think about the good memories of him as a child, even though there were few and far between, I I choose to think of the positivity in that. And so when I turn to my children, even though... It's, it's the same quality over quantity, right? It's, it's the moments that people remember, whether it's your children or a friendship. It's, it's the experience in the moment. If you made somebody light up or feel really great or laugh or be playful, they're going to remember that more than a week of a blah, monotonic experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you had advice for someone who's going through the grieving journey right now, what would it be? I would say feel what you're feeling and experience it. And then see the light at the tunnel. Because for me, there's always been a lesson in it somehow. And if you can discern what that is and turn it to a positive, like with my dad, it's follow your intuition. And so that stuck with me. And that's a huge gift. And with my children, it's embrace the moment and trust their inner guidance system. Trust divinity is protecting them and even just trust yourself. So what's happened for me with in letting go of my children is so much space create was created in my life where I got to choose what I wanted to do with my days, which was foreign to me. And I would spend weekends meditating or just in the immersion of God or reading a book. And all of those times without my kids has helped develop me into the human I am today. And I wouldn't have that had I had them every weekend or every single day. And even though that's not what I wanted in the moment, if you can see the gift in it and embrace that or try to follow that path, there's a re- I always say, Esther Hicks always says this, things are always working out for you. 
And if you choose to believe that, even if it's not a situation you want to be in, this is working out for me, not against me, for me some way, then you will see beautiful gifts in it. Mm -hmm. And it's those positive attitude changes that can make all of the difference in the world. The problem is sometimes making that shift, though. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's true. It's I'm an optimist at heart, so I feel like I have... (laughs) Um, a nature to be that way and you know your question back to any advice for people dealing with grief is there's everyone has their own experience and so somebody may lose a spouse and take longer than somebody that lost somebody else you know and so I would say also don't compare yourself it's your journey and um, you'll figure it out and we're each as individual as a fingerprint. We're very, very different beings. Although we share so many things similarly, we definitely have an, an individual approach that we can bring to our experience. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Janine, we really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much, Tammy. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We're grateful to our guests for sharing their experiences and knowledge of the grieving journey. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and a review. You can follow us on social media through the links offered in the show notes. If you know somebody who could benefit from this podcast, please be sure to share it with them. A special shout out to Kevin McLeod and Computech for the background music entitled Happy Dreams. If you yourself have a story that you'd like to share, please email me at reikiandyoga at yahoo.com. I look forward to speaking with you. Until next time.